right, well, to get us started tonight, I was curious, how many of you have ever done a this or that on Instagram? How many of you have ever posted a this or that to your Instagram story and know what I'm talking about? Only a few of you know? All right, well, that's cool, because we're going to do one together. So on the screen behind me, on the screen behind me, there is going to be a this or that. There we go. All right, and the point of this or that is, is really simple. It's to pick your favorite thing, all right? So we're going to walk down this list, and if you like a dog better than a cat, when I get to it, I'd like you to raise your hand. All right, we're going to see how many dog and cat lovers we have here tonight. All right, so the first one, dog or cat? How many of you prefer dog? Wow, all right, all right. Is there anyone brave enough to raise their hand for cat? Some of y'all voted twice, some of y'all voted twice. All right, next one, Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. I think I'm Netflix. What about YouTube? All right, all right, pretty even split. Go out or stay in? How many of you would rather go out? Y'all are young still, it's fine. How many of you would rather stay in? All right, all right. Beach or mountains? How many hands do we have for beach? All right, mountains? Okay, thank you. We live in Florida. You can go to the beach whenever. Mountains, all the way. All right, this one I'm interested about. This one I'm really interested in. TikTok or Instagram? How many for TikTok? Ah, Instagram. All right, all right. Vanilla or chocolate? How many of you like vanilla? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. What about chocolate? Really? Chocolate's so overrated. All right, this last one. This last one. Birthday or Christmas? How many of you would say birthday over Christmas? Okay, take the fact that Jesus was born out of it. I'm talking like strictly presents, okay? Birthday or Christmas? How many for birthday? Really? All right, Christmas? Listen, your birthday is like totally about you. You don't have to share it with anyone. All right, well listen, we all, regardless of how you answered this, we all have our favorite things. We have things that we like, we have places we like to go, things we like to do, people that we like to hang out with. But have you ever stopped to ask yourself this question? Why do you like the things that you like? Why is it that you like the things that you do? Tonight we're in part four of our teaching series called I Am Human. And for the past few weeks, we've been answering this question, and it'll be on the screen behind me. But it's the question, what does it mean to be human from a biblical perspective? What does the Bible have to say about what it means to be human? Now, last week, Matthew talked about our identity. And we looked at the idea that identity is how we view ourselves. 
But so often we go looking for identity in the wrong things. We look for our identity in relationships, in the things that we do. Sometimes we even look for our identity in things that are bigger than us, in social and cultural movements. But just like we talked about last week, if you're a follower of Jesus, your identity should be solely found in your relationship with Jesus. He provides us that identity that we so desperately go looking for. And tonight, we're going to look at this idea. And it's the idea that to be human means we have a unique personality. To be human means that we have a very unique personality. If you were to Google the word personality, personality is typically defined as this. Personality are the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that make a person unique. Your personality are those special qualities about you. Those quirks, those awkward things, those things that sometimes are a little bit embarrassing, but all of those things come together to make you who you are. Sometimes when we think about personalities, we think about different qualities that people have. Typically when you hear personality, you hear people who are introverts or extroverts. How many of you know the definition of an introvert or extrovert? No, it is not that they don't like people. All right, that's not the definition. All right, the definition, the definition of an introvert or an extrovert is this. Whether you are drained or energized by being around people. So you're an extrovert if you're energized by being around people, if that provides you energy. For those of you that are introverts, you are drained by being around people. You need that time to recharge. So we have introverts and extroverts. Also, when we think about personality, we think about qualities like being loud or shy, being funny or serious, girls being emotional or non-emotional, even things like being conservative or being a risk taker. Boys, organized versus disorganized. You all fall in the disorganized category. Things like being detail-oriented versus a free spirit. And even the quality of being glass half full versus being glass half empty. And no two people have the exact same personality. None of you sitting in this room have the exact same personality. You might share different qualities and, and personality traits with one another, but you have your own unique personality. And that's because of where our personality comes from. You see, our personality comes from a combination of two things. And those two things are genetics and life experience. When you're born, you're born with genetics, with DNA. And those genetics and your DNA help to influence your personality and who you are. But your personality is also based off of your life experiences. Things like how you were raised, the environment with which you grew up in, the morals and the values that were instilled in you. Even things like where you went to school and if you played sports, all of those are life experiences that help to shape our personality. And even though our personality can adapt as we get older, it never really truly changes from how we were born. Because we were born that way, some of those personality traits don't necessarily change as we get older. And it's easier now, more than ever, 
to discover your true personality. In fact, we live in a culture that encourages you to do so. You look at social media, and all the things that you, say, you see on social media are encouraging you to embrace yourself and be the real you and discover who you really are. And thankfully, many available resources are out there for you if you're not sure what your personality type is. Some of the most popular personality tests that have, have really become popular over the past few years have been the Enneagram. How many of you have heard of that? Y'all have not heard of the Enneagram? All right, all right. There's also a few other personality tests. These have been around a little bit longer, but there's the Myers-Briggs and the Big Five. And these three personality tests right now are some of the most, person, the most popular personality tests that can help you discover who you really are. So for instance, the Enneagram is based off of numbers one through nine. And in order for you to, to find out your Enneagram number, you would go online and you would take this assessment. And this assessment would ask you a series of questions really targeted at several different areas. And how you answer these questions would dictate what number you are. And each one of those numbers represents a different personality type. Now, one personality type isn't better than the other. All personality types have strengths and weaknesses, things that are great about them, and, and other things that are not so great. But why is it important that we understand our personality? Why does it matter that we understand who we really are? You see, whether you realize it or not, your personality actually influences every single area of your life. It influences every single area of your life. And here's what I mean. Your personality influences the decisions that you make. Simple decisions like how you dress, the music you listen to, what you think is funny. Even more serious decisions like who your friends are and who you choose to spend time with. Our personality influences decisions like how we handle conflict. How do we handle conflict when, when stuff arises in our relationships? It can even be responsible for how we deal with stressful situations in our life. So understanding our personality helps us to recognize decisions that we make, but understanding our personality also helps us to identify our strengths and our weaknesses. Knowing who you are at your core, understanding what motivates you and what you're fearful of helps us to understand the things that we're good at and the things that we're not so good at. And sometimes our strengths and our weaknesses go hand in hand. For example, some of you are really strong at relating to other people. That's one of your strengths. You've never met a stranger. You can go up and you can talk to anyone without feeling awkward. But on the flip side, one of your weaknesses is that you really struggle being alone. You really struggle when no one's around and you don't have anyone to talk to. And oftentimes our strengths and our weaknesses go hand in hand, but understanding our personality can help us to understand those strengths and those weaknesses even more. Also, our understanding our personality helps us to understand how we relate and how we interact with others. When we become aware of who we are and how we communicate, it helps us communicate with other people better. 
we kind of understand where they're coming from a little bit more. And here's an example of this. So if Josh and I were to get into an argument, which never happens, by the way. Thank you, Catherine. I really appreciate that. If Josh and I were to get into an argument, the way we would handle that argument would be totally different. All right? Based on my personality, if I get into an argument, my initial reaction is to shut down. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. You better walk away so that I have some time to think about what I'm going to say. Because if not, it's not going to be very nice. Josh, on the other hand, is completely opposite. If we get into an argument, he wants to address it right then and right there. What was that? He wants to hate, like he wants it done. He doesn't want anything to linger. He doesn't want to go to bed upset. He wants to handle it right then and right there. But here's the, here's the key. Here's the important thing. If I understand how I handle conflict and I understand how I communicate with him, the next time that we get into an argument, I'm going to be more aware of how he's going to react. I'm going to be more aware of how he's going to react, and therefore I'm going to react differently. I'm going to strive to meet him halfway so that we don't have this, this argument that turns into something much bigger. And it's so important for us to understand who we are because it impacts how we relate to our family and our friends and to the people who are most important to us in life. But even when you understand your personality, even when you understand who you are, there's always going to be things that you wish were different. When I look at my own personality, there's several things that I wish were really different. For instance, I wish that I was a little funnier. I wish that I was a little less uptight. I'm not the most relaxed person in the entire world, and I wish I were more relaxed. And maybe you feel the same. Maybe you look at your personality, and there's parts of your personality that you, you wish were different. Maybe you wish you were less emotional, or you wish that you were a little funnier, or more outgoing. And it's normal to wish that we had different personality qualities. In fact, scripture is filled with stories of people who had all different types of personalities. All throughout the Bible, we see characters who have all different types of personalities that were used tremendously by God. But one of the most interesting groups of people that was filled with individuals who had different personalities was Jesus' disciples. The 12 people who were closest to Jesus were so different from one another. And Jesus' goal in putting together this team, in putting together this team of disciples that were going to follow him, was really this. Jesus' heart was to create a group of people, create a very different group of people who could share the gospel and continue his earthly ministry after he went back up into heaven. And he knew that he had a short time with them. He had several years that he was going to get to spend and, and impart wisdom and, and to teach them and to lead them. But his goal was to put together a team that could then carry out his mission after he had left. And as Jesus created this team, he, he chose specific people. He chose specific people from all different backgrounds. 
When we look at the disciples, it's really interesting to see where they all came from. Some were fishermen, some were tax collectors, one was a politician, one was even a thief. And although they shared this common goal of following Jesus, no two were alike. No two were really even similar to each other. They had their own personality instead of gifts. And listen to me, Jesus saw value in each one of them. He saw value in the gifts and abilities that each one of them had. But there are two disciples that are typically talked about in scripture the most frequently. And they're the two disciples who really were the closest to Jesus. And that was Peter and John. Now Peter and John grew up with a very similar background. They were both fishermen, they came from the same area, but that was about all that they had in common. In fact, John and Peter were polar opposites. Peter was an extrovert. He loved being around people. He was bold, he was outgoing, he was very impulsive, he was quick to react, and oftentimes he wouldn't think before he spoke. And because of that, he actually got himself into Jesus, into trouble with Jesus several times because he was very quick to speak and not very quick to listen. Whereas John, on the other hand, was extremely different. John was more of a, of a people person. He was an introvert. He was a listener. He enjoyed being around people, but, but that wasn't like his main thing or his main goal. He was a little bit more reserved. And John was very purposeful in his actions. Where Peter would run out ahead and would jump ahead, John would be the person to kind of think through his decision a little bit. And John and Peter, the more time they spent together, they began to recognize that there were differences between them. They knew that they were very different. They had different relationships with Jesus. They related to the other disciples very differently. And slowly this realization that they were different begins to lead to some insecurity. And some insecurity be begins to develop between the two of them. One day, following Jesus' death, he appeared to the disciples. And he's eating breakfast with the disciples. They're, they're on this beach. And little did they know that he's getting ready to return to heaven. He's starting to appear to several of the people that, that were closest to him, that were important to him, and he's getting ready to return back to heaven. But he made a point to, to sit and to eat with his disciples. And as he's sitting and as he's eating, he begins to pull Peter aside. He's got some instruction, some encouragement that he wants to give to Peter, and so he pulls Peter off to the side. And as Peter and Jesus are walking away to have this conversation, I want you to look and see what happens. In John chapter 21, verse 20, it says this. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? So Peter and Jesus, they're, they're walking off to have this, this personal conversation and Peter happens to look over his shoulder. And when Peter looks over his shoulder, he sees that John's back there. John's kind of like hanging back, kind of following them. And obviously this, this bothers Peter. It bothers Peter enough to the point where, where he says something to Jesus. He kind of looks behind him and he's like, 
But what about him? What's going to happen to him? And I want you to understand the importance of this moment. This conversation that Peter is having with Jesus is one of the last conversations that Peter would have face-to-face with Jesus before he returned to heaven. Jesus wasn't going to be hanging out on earth much longer. This was one of the last times Peter was really going to interact on a personal level with Jesus. But instead, he uses his time and he uses his energy to talk about John. I want you to look at how Jesus responds in verse 22. Jesus says, if I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So Peter starts asking about John. And in that moment, Jesus reminded Peter where his attention should actually be. What the most important thing was. Peter didn't need to feel insecure. He didn't need to be concerned about John or or what was going to happen with John. But instead, Jesus reminded Peter that he needed to be confident in how God created him to be. You see, Jesus had this specific plan for Peter's life. And instead of being able to talk to Peter about what this plan was, Peter was more concerned with what John was doing and who John was and how John was going to be used by God. And Jesus wanted to use Peter. He created Peter in this specific way because he wanted to accomplish this perfect plan in his life. You see, you can be confident in who God created you to be. Let me say that again. You can be confident. You can be 100% confident in who God created you to be. God designed you specifically with a, pers- with a personality and a set of gifts. And that personality and your set of gifts are completely unique to you. And he designed you to accomplish this specific task and this specific purpose. And listen to me, God did not mis- make a mistake when he made your personality. Your personality is not an accident God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you, exactly how you are. And God even desires to use those parts of our personality, the parts that we're a little insecure about, the parts that we're self-conscious about, the things that we feel are awkward about us, to accomplish his plan in our life. But if we're not careful, I think we tend to react a lot like Peter. When we're insecure, we begin to notice the differences in the people around us. We begin to look at other people and think, man, if only I was funny like them. Or if only I was, I was as outgoing and as likable as they are. And we begin to compare ourselves to the other people in our life. And when we're self-conscious and when we're insecure, it leads to nothing positive. We begin this negative cycle of self-talk where where we really begin to tear ourselves down because we're so insecure about who we are. And when we become insecure, we do exactly what Peter does. We take our eyes off of what Jesus is wanting to tell us. 
We take our eyes off of what Jesus is wanting to do specifically in our life. And we miss out on the plans that God has for us. Listen, we all have quirks. We have weaknesses. We have parts of our personality that we're embarrassed by. But you can be confident in who God created you to be. And listen, I truly believe this. I truly believe that the things that you don't like about your personality, the things that you feel really awkward about, might just be the thing that God wants to use most in your life. It might just be that one area of your life that that God really wants to do something special, but we're missing out because we've become insecure. You can be confident in who God created you to be, but you and I have to make a conscious decision to make that choice. God wants to have an impact in your life He wants to use you in ways that you can't even imagine. And he will use your personality. But we have to make a decision to let him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, as the band makes their way back up here, I want you to just think with me for a minute. I want you to kind of think with me about who you are. What are some of the personality traits that you have? What are some of the things that you would say are your strengths and your weaknesses? And if you're being really honest to yourself, what are those things that you feel really awkward about? Those parts of your personality that you're a little bit embarrassed by, you're not sure if they're a good thing, you're not sure if they're a bad thing. What are those? Father, I thank you so much that you created us exactly how you wanted us to be. You didn't make a mistake when it came to our personality. You didn't design our personalities by accident. Instead, you knew exactly what you were doing when you created us. And Father, I thank you so much that you've given each one of us a personality. I can't even picture how life would be so boring if we were all the same exact people. If we all liked the same things, if we all talked the same way. Life would be no fun. And God, we get to enjoy life and live life because you created us with different personalities. But God, you didn't just create those personalities for us to have fun. You gave us those personalities with a specific plan and a purpose in our life. And so, Father, I lift these students up to you tonight. God, if there's anyone in this room who is struggling with who they are, who's struggling with their personality or their quirks or feel awkward about themselves, God, I pray tonight that you would just encourage each one of us. That you would encourage each one of us and help us to understand that you can use us despite all of our weaknesses despite the things that we don't think are strong about ourselves. And Father, if we allow you to, if we choose to be confident in who you've created us to be, you promise to do amazing and wonderful things in our life. So Father, I pray that you would 
keep that at the forefront of our minds this week. When we get down on ourselves, when we feel insecure, when we feel self-conscious, God, continually remind us that you have created us with a plan and a purpose and that we are not an accident. Father, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.